I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome in to a brand new episode of another Dolphins podcast. It is Friday the 13th, and we have a spooky episode for you. Unfortunately, Jake Mendel is under the weather, so I called in the Calvary and brought in the one, the only, Merrick Brave. Please go follow him on Twitter, at mbrave13. Merrick, it's Friday, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, uh, speedy recovery to, to Jake. Hopefully, uh, he feels better soon. Um this is my third time on the podcast this week. You guys are going to have to change the name eventually. We're going to have to call it the Jake, Josh, and Jarek show, I guess, if we want to keep the alliteration rolling. But uh, no Jake today, uh, so you know what that means. You know, the, the boss isn't here, so I think that means we can say whatever the hell we want. We can drink if we want. Uh, I got my Diet Mountain Dew, so I, I think I'll stick with that. But happy to be on with you, Joshua. Happy to talk about Miami Dolphins football, as always. And uh, let's break down this matchup with the Carolina Panthers, shall we? Yeah, man. Um, like you mentioned, we should definitely rename this podcast. I don't know if, you know, another Dolphins podcast, Jake and Friends, because as many podcasts as he does. But, um, yeah, we're taking over the sales here. We're the Pirates. We're the captains. And uh, we're going to dissect this game between the Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins. Before we get into that, some injury news to talk about. Um, we are doing this on Friday. I don't know if Mike McDaniel is going to have a press conference any minute now. But as of Thursday, Connor Williams did not practice. Robert Hunt, limited. Alec Ingle, limited. Rob Jones Limited, Nick Needham Limited, Jalen Phillips Limited, Jeff Wilson Limited, and Braxton Berrios practiced in full. Obviously, the big one there, um, Merrick, is Connor Williams. Give me your thoughts on this um, injury report and, you know, how this could impact Sunday's game because, let's be honest, that Panthers defensive line is very good and no one wants to see Liam Meikenberg out there. Yeah, you know, that is – we talked about this on Wednesday, but the the Miami Dolphins offensive line as a whole has been – such a surprising unit this season. They're performing much better 
than anyone predicted. And each individual person is performing much better than anyone predicted, except for Liam Eikenberg, who has uh, not looked so good in his limited snaps. Uh, but he could be pressed into duty this weekend against the Panthers uh, if Connor Williams isn't able to go. Liam Eikenberg currently the backup center. Um, so we'll see if that happens. One solace I guess you can take is if you look at the Panthers injury report, their star D tackle, uh, Derek Brown, he did not practice and hasn't practiced this week. And also Brian Burns, their their edge rusher, one of the best young pass rushers in the NFL uh, at this time. He hasn't practiced at all this week either. So if the Dolphins are down a couple offensive linemen in Toronto Armstead and, and Connor Williams, and, and they're forced to start Kendall Lamb, who has been performing well, but Liam Eikenberg, who is probably the lowest member of the totem pole as the offensive line goes, uh, you know, it could be, it could be, uh, you know, even if, if the Panthers are missing Brown and, and Burns. So we'll have to see what's, what's going on. Uh, actually, Mike McDaniel did just start, his media availability. So I'll keep an eye on my Twitter as we go along here and we'll, we'll see if we can give the listeners an update on Connor Williams. Uh, if that gets announced here in the next few minutes. Yeah. And I mean, again, we're all praying Connor Williams is out there. It's kind of weird after, you know, practiced in full for most of the week played all last season or all last week. So um, you did mention there did not practice. I didn't really look at the Panthers. That's huge for Derek Brown to potentially be out. Brian Burns, Taylor Moten also did not practice. Giovanni Ritchie, Miles Sanders, Xavier Woods, and Chandler, Zavala, I think I said that right, all did not practice. So um, their injury list definitely looks like a um, CVS receipt. But um, again, they're 0-5, and I don't know how you feel heading into this, Merrick, but um, I mean, I feel like this is a pushover game, right? I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about Dolphins are 5-2 all-time versus the Panthers. Their last win was in 2021, when we all remember. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa completing 27-31 passes for 230 yards. Waddle had a monster game with nine catches and 137 yards and a touchdown. And Cam Newton only completed five passes, with two of those being interceptions. So, um, I don't know, man. I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers. I want to say this could be a potential trap game, but when you're playing as good as the Dolphins, man, you got to have all the confidence in the world coming into this game. And, you know, maybe that's why you do take it easy with a Jalen Phillips, a Connor Williams this week, because you play the Philadelphia Eagles next week. And let's be honest, that's um, that's a that's a big time matchup. Yeah, you know, it, it does have the makings of a classic trap game. And we as podcasters and Dolphins fans we're allowed to take the Panthers lightly you know we don't we're not employed by the Miami Dolphins we can say whatever the hell we want uh, however members of the Miami Dolphins and in particular quarterback Tua Tungavailoa he's been saying all the right things you know and he's been you know trying to keep Dolphins players trying to keep their heads on straight you know not letting anybody get a little too big for their britches not letting anybody buy into their own uh, buy into their own mess, if if you will. So you know, throughout the season so far, they've only lost one game. But you hear Tua talking about we still need to clean some things up. We still need guys to to focus on the particulars. We still need people lining up the right way, and and all of that stuff. So it sounds like at least the quarterback is buying into that. Hey, one game at a time type thing. And and obviously, head coach Mike McDaniel has been saying all the right things as well. So I don't think. The Dolphins themselves will be overlooking the Panthers. But like I said, we're podcasters and we can smack talk those, those guys all we want. 
Yeah, and you mentioned we don't work for the Dolphins. If they want to change that and they want to hire us, we'll Absolutely. be more than glad to come work for the Dolphins. We'll put on those Homer glasses that we love to wear all the time. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't think the Dolphins are overlooking this, and I do think they'll go out there and handle business. Um, we mentioned the Panthers being 0-5 this season under new head coach Frank Wright. They started the year with a 24-10 loss to the Falcons, then a 20-17 loss to the Saints, then a 37-27 loss to the Seahawks, a 21-13 loss to the Vikings, and a 32 or a 42-24 loss to the juggernaut Lions. So um, I don't know where you want to start, but we may as well start talking about that Panthers offense, right? I mean, uh, you draft Bryce Young, number one overall, you think, you know, it's going to turn it around a little bit, but he struggled a lot this year. And I do think one of the coolest things about this week was listening to Bryce um, Bryce Young talk about how much Tua Tagovailoa meant to him going to Alabama. I'm sure you saw the quote about, um, you know, he, he was, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was committed to Oregon or somewhere in the Pac-12. Saw Tua Tagovailoa what he did with that Bama offense. Went there, won a Heisman, um, won national championship. But these two guys have mutual respect for each other. But on the season, 92 of 144 for 740 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. And this, to me, Merrick, was the biggest surprise. I thought he was more of a mobile quarterback. You know that used some of those legs in his mobility. He only has eight rushes this season for 65 yards. So give me your breakdown on Bryce Young. You know what you like about his game. We heard uh, Mike McDaniel rave about him, saying now he's a very good young player is going to be around the league for a very long time but so far this year he's been outplayed by cj stroud maybe even anthony richardson and that's honestly been the talk surrounding the carolina panthers with that 0-5 start yeah and we can sit here and we can talk about bryce young and we can we can talk about his lackluster stats so far but i mean we're dolphins fans bryce young was compared to tua tonga bailoa throughout his entire college career and heading into the draft people said his closest comp was tua uh we remember how how tua's uh, tenure with the Miami Dolphins started out. You know, he has right now Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan when healthy. He has weapons surrounding sur- surrounding him. That was not the case when Tua was a rookie in the NFL. Tua was throwing to Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, uh, Mike Gesicki, uh, all guys who have their strong suits. I, however, I was waiting for you to go Isaiah Ford and Lim Bowden. I thought you were <laughs> going to throw that shade at me, Preston Williams, some of those other guys. Yeah, those guys, you know, they're NFL players for the, for a reason. They have their strong suits, but uh, separation, not one of them. And when you are a quarterback that necessarily doesn't have the strongest arm out there and you win with timing and accuracy, you need pass catchers who are going to get that separation, are going to get open, so you can put the ball on the numbers and, and try to get some yak. Tua didn't have that when he was a rookie. Tua didn't have that his, his second year in the NFL. Um, you know, they've built the, the weapons around him, but the Panthers are looking to do that. And they haven't done that yet. I mean, take a look at their number one pass catcher. That would be former Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, Adam Thielen, who is a 33 year old wide receiver in the NFL. 33 in real life doesn't sound that bad. I'd actually like to be 33 again, but 33 in NFL years, you might as well be 75 years old for, for what, for what that means, uh, you know, in the NFL, but Adam Thielen, Uh, actually doing some pretty good things for the Panthers this year. Last week against the Lions, he had 11 receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown. And if that's not a a Jalen Waddle rookie year stat line, then I don't know what is, but 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. So he can still do some damage. Um, You mentioned Bryce Young, five touchdowns on the year. That's not great through five games. However, he did have three of those touchdown passes last week against the Lions. He had three touchdowns, 247 yards, but he did have uh, two interceptions on the day, which brought his QB rating down to like 82 point something. Uh, so listen, I would venture to say 
the Panthers' offense is actually better than the Giants' offense that the Dolphins faced last week, but not by much. So I, I, I'm not predicting a big day for, for that Carolina Panthers' offense. Uh, this Dolphins' defense, they've had their ups and downs this season when they, when they face good offenses like the Chargers and the Bills. They kind of get ran through a little bit. But when they face bad offenses like the Broncos and the Patriots and and uh, the Giants last week especially, they do a damn good job. So this looks like a game more on the side of those latter teams that I was mentioning and, and less like those juggernauts like the Chargers and the Bills. So I do expect a good day for the Dolphins' defense, um, but it might not be as as dominating of a performance as it was last week against the Giants. Yeah, I do wonder how much um, he runs the ball more given, you know, Miami has always notoriously been bad at stopping those mobile quarterbacks. Um, before we continue on with the Carolina Panthers, Omar Kelly, um, this is a little bit disheartening. We need to find out, this is regarding Connor Williams, we need to find out more information, but we don't want to put him through the rigors of practice. Mike McDaniel and Connor Williams. So it sounds like he might not practice, sounds like that injury might be worse than, you know, you hope to exp- I mean you don't want Connor Williams being hurt when your backup is Liam Eikenberg and I think that's just poor planning from the Dolphins heading into the year having that as your backup center but it is what it is and again we're going against Carolina Panthers so before we move on Merrick any quick thoughts on that because um that's not the news I wanted to hear on Friday the 13th no you certainly don't want to hear uh that that Connor Williams is not practicing again hasn't practiced all week it is strange you know coming off a, a game where he did play all of the snaps uh, for the Dolphins at center. And it didn't seem like he got re-injured, but you know, that's the thing about these, these soft tissue pulls and strains, they continue to bother you unless you rest them. So maybe it's a, a situation where they wanted to see what happened after Williams played. He played the full game against the giants and he came out of it feeling a little worse for wear. And they're looking at the Panthers at 0 and five and saying, you know what? If we're going to allow Williams to miss a game, this is the game we want him to miss so that he can be healthy for Sunday night football next week against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. You know, if you had to pick who would you rather uh, Williams face? I think you, I think we'd all pick uh, the, the Eagles in that scenario, but uh, we'll just have to see what happens. It sounds like they're leaving the, the, the door cracked a little bit for Williams to play this week, but I would, you know, just me personally, as of right now, I would say it's probably unlikely that Williams suits up. Yeah, and he also mentioned uh, they're trying to keep Jalen Will- Will- Jalen Phillips from himself. I guess he wants to play, but they're trying to keep him healthy and back, and I think they're going to make a decision on Jeff Wilson. So just some injury notes there before we get back into this. You mentioned Adam Thielen. Um, 38 receptions, 394 yards, three touchdowns on the season. He's mostly a slot wide receiver, right? So, I mean, Darth Cater, Cater Kohu versus Adam Thielen. I mean, how do you feel about that matchup? I like Darth Cater, what he does in the slot. But like you mentioned, man, Adam Thielen is a suave 33-year-old vet that is, you know, having a bit of a resurgence. So do you see that being a matchup that could be of concern? And then what do you think about guys like DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo? I have LaVisca Chenault down there with the running backs, but... Hayden Hurst as well. I mean, we're listing off those uh, skill players, and you can see why Bryce Young might be struggling, right? I mean, DJ Chark has some potential. Jonathan Mingo, I think that was a guy that some fans were saying that you can convert to maybe tight end. But, I mean, you're looking at this list, and you just you got to feel a little bit sorry for Bryce Young. And, again, they're rebuilding. They're 0-5. It is what it is. But, um, again, how do you feel about these matchups with the Dolphins' secondary against their wide receivers? You know, I think I think the Dolphins certainly have the advantage there. If you're looking at Adam Thielen as the number one option, 
you you do have you do have the advantage. If he's your number one guy, then then that's not saying much for your offense. At least in 2023, and, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, in the past, I, I owned Adam Thielen in fantasy multiple times. You know, just you could always get him in those middle rounds, and you knew he was going to be solid on a pass heavy offense like the Minnesota Vikings, but you know, those, those days are gone. And you know, he is actually performing well in, in fantasy for the Panthers, but like you mentioned, uh, Cater Kohu going to be tasked with covering Thielen this week. And I'm sure both guys will win their fair share of the battles. But I think in that matchup, I do like Cater a little bit better. He's younger and he plays much better in the slot than he has on the outside. So, so Cater versus Thielen, give me Cater. And then, and then, yeah, like you said, you got guys, that can do some things in DJ Chark on the outside, maybe send them deep a little bit, but will that offensive line have enough time, you know, blocking for Bryce young? Will they have enough time to, to let Bryce throw the ball deep or will the Dolphins defense uh, be smothering him like they did against Daniel Jones last week? I just, then you got Deshaun Elliott back there in the secondary, Javon Holland back there in the sec- secondary. Xavier Howard has is has been having a, a pretty darn good year, a resurgent year now that he's healthy off those multiple groin injuries from last year. Uh, I just I don't see this offense of the Panthers being much of a threat. Again, last week uh, they played a little bit better than they had for the rest of the season leading up to that game against the Lions, but at least offensively, I would say the Lions are are the most comparable team to the Dolphins that the Panthers have played so far. And that was their biggest loss <laughs> this season, was the Panthers to the Lions last week. So if if we believe that the Dolphins are a better team than the Lions, which I do, then I, I still expect a, a pretty significant margin of victory for the Dolphins against the Panthers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One quick question before we move on to the backs and the offensive line. Do you think that maybe we see some Cam Smith um, this weekend? I know Vic Fangio said he's knocking on the door. I mean, I don't know exactly what that means or how far out he is, but if you were going to throw him out there and give him some reps against a defense, I mean, we're listing off these skill players. Do you think that could happen this weekend? And again, especially when we were talking about the last pod, I mean, we we expect this to almost be like a preseason game if everything works out as planned, right? And we get to see Mike White to uh, a Robbie Chosen revenge game or uh, Chase Claypool or whatever. So do you think we see Cam Smith? And if not, when do you think he we'll get that time because it does sound like he's moving in the right direction which we all want to hear 
you got to see him at some point, right? Like they drafted him for a reason. And not only did they draft him, they drafted him with their first selection. It was in the second round, but it was the Dolphins first selection. And and McDaniel really wanted Devon Achan there. Uh, but, but Chris Greer liked Cam Smith so much, or maybe Fangio liked Cam Smith so much that they said, no, 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 hold on. We'll grab Cam Smith and then we'll come back and get Achan in the, in the third round. But they probably said A-Chain because his name was still pronounced A-Chain at that time. So now I've just screwed myself and I'm going to mispronounce it throughout the rest of this episode. But uh, but they liked Cam Smith for a reason. I don't know what he did to get into the doghouse. And maybe he's not necessarily in the doghouse. Maybe he's just a rookie. And Vic Fangio is maybe the type of old school guy that doesn't trust rookies uh, to go out there and, and perform at a high level early on in the season. So maybe he's hoping to see a little bit more out of Smith in practice, get him, uh, you know, ease him into games. But again, if you're going to play him against any team, why not the 0-5 Carolina Panthers? So to your point, Josh, if this game does get out of hand and Cam Smith is active, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of Cam Smith, at least in the fourth quarter of this one. And I, for one, would be, you know, excited to watch that because I think he – is a player who showed a lot of promise in training camp, a lot of a lot of promise in preseason. And if he is the future of the Dolphins secondary, then I want to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to see him out there and just to see what he's capable of. And again, I think this would be the perfect game to do it. Um, Carolina's throwing the ball 69% of the time this year. Nice. nice. Um, and they're running the football uh, 31% of the time. So let's talk about their running backs, that running back unit that is, uh, I guess, Miles Sanders is at the top of it, right? I mean, he's been banged up all season long, hasn't really lived up to the hype. 61 carries, 190 yards, one touchdown on the year. Chuba Hoop. Chuba Hubbard, right? I think I said that yes. right. He's getting some carries in the backfield, 35 carries, 154 yards. I think Sanders is a game-time decision, or he's still uh, – he didn't practice, right? I think that's what I said earlier. Yeah, and then he has this, his own groin injury, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I'm a real big Miles Sanders stand, but you've, it almost seems like, you know, he needed to get that contract here. Uh, he went out there and balled, and now, you know, he's – kind of turn into a pumpkin a little bit, but they're also using LaVisca Chenault, and he's a guy who I really liked in the pre-draft process. They're using him in a way, you know, 11 rushes, 53 yards. He also has four receptions. He's a guy who really hasn't lived up to the hype, but I do feel like he's a bit of a playmaker. So um, how do you feel about that running back unit and their offensive line? Because I'm looking over it and, you know, the 45th, ranked tackle out of 72 the 78th ranked guard out of 78 i mean you go down the list and there's some there's some ways the dolphins can exploit that offensive line especially with how good our defensive line is looking yeah uh boy listen the dolphins defense through five games this year they're giving up 115.8 rushing yards per game at a four yards per carry clip so if this panthers offense wants to move the ball against the Dolphins, you would think they might be able to do it at least relatively successful on the ground. But on the year, Miles Sanders, you mentioned it, he's averaging just 3.1, 3.1 yards per carry on the ground, uh, dealing with his own groin injury. Like you said, Chuba Hubbard might uh, carry the load this week. LaVisca Chenault, like, I'm sorry, but those names don't scare me. You know, we're not talking Jonathan Taylor. We're not talking Saquon Barkley. We're not talking Christian McCaffrey, who used to play for the Carolina Panthers. We're talking Chuba Hubbard and a converted wide receiver who uh, already wore out his welcome from the team that drafted him, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now he's on the, the Carolina Panthers. And it's just like, I'm trying to find ways that the Panthers could win this ball game, but it just, 
feels damn near impossible. And I think if you simulated this game a hundred times on Madden, the Dolphins would win at least 99 times and maybe all a hundred because they're just a much better team than the Carolina Panthers are. Now you may be able to clip this episode up into multiple segments to make us look really stupid if things don't go the Dolphins way on Sunday, but I just don't foresee that happening. The Dolphins are a better team. And I, I do think you know, they're a better team on offense. They're a better team on defense. They're a better coach team. And I think they're going to show that on Sunday. And I think they're absolutely going to dominate this game. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm looking at the injury report again. Taylor Moten was also their tackle, right tackle. I mean, he would be going up against what? Andrew Van Ginkle, most likely. And the way Gink's been playing, I mean, that seems like a matchup that they could exploit, especially if Moten can't go. So um, give me your thoughts on the defensive line. Maybe, you know, who... How many sacks does this defensive line get? And, you know, who's the standout getting the pressure there? I mean, I know this is just like a, um, you know, a hypothetical thing, but I just w- thought it'd be interesting to get your opinion on who leads this team in sacks on the on the on Sunday and, you know, how much pressure they do get on Bryce Young. Yeah, and speaking of that defensive line, you know, trying to keep an eye on this Mike McDaniel presser as it's happening while we're recording. And he does continue to say, and maybe you mentioned this earlier and I missed it, but Jalen Phillips is still dealing with that oblique injury. And it does, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves here, it does sound like the team wants him 100% healthy and ready to go against teams like the Eagles, against teams like the Chiefs in a, in a couple weeks. You know, it goes Eagles, Patriots, then Chiefs. But it feels like McDaniel is leaning towards letting Jalen Phillips sit again. And I think, you know, you have the luxury of doing that. When you take a look at Andrew Van Ginkle this season, he is having a monster year for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, You know, I said it earlier this week, but I do believe so far he's been Miami's best pass, pass rusher this season. He has four sacks, should have five sacks. He got a sack taken away. You know, it was actually the sack that injured Daniel Jones last week and Daniel Jones is out this week with a neck injury. You never you never like to see that neck injuries are pretty serious, especially in the game of football. And this is the second one that he has suffered in a a couple seasons here. So, uh, you know, thoughts with Daniel Jones here. But as far as the Dolphins and the Panthers go, Andrew Van Ginkle is that dude like is that dude this year? And I expect a good game from him. You'd love to see some more sacks from Bradley Chubb. And he is affecting the opposing quarterback. He is getting in there for pressures and hurries, uh, but he's just not getting to the quarterback. It's kind of like we've been saying about Jalen Phillips for the past couple of years. He's, he's getting there. He's getting close, but he's not turning them into sacks. So Bradley Chubb, you get paid a lot of money, like a lot of money, over $100 million on that contract, I do believe, which the Dolphins signed him to after they traded a first round pick to get him. So the Dolphins have a lot invested in Bradley Chubb and you know, they, they pay you to affect the passer and he's doing that, but they also pay you to get those sack numbers. So we can put them in the stat sheet and we can point to those numbers and say, Hey, look, we did a good job when we traded that first round pick for you and gave you all that money. Look at us. We're smart. And I, I would believe that Chris Greer is pulling Chubb aside every now and again and saying, yo dude, what's up? When are you going to get those sack numbers up? So maybe this is the week it happens. Maybe we see a sack or two from Bradley Chubb. I would love to see that. Um, but but if not, ABG is the guy that that's gonna rack those numbers up, and I, I'm looking towards a or looking for a big game from AVG this week once again. Yeah, I'm with you, and to the point with AVG, I think we all saw Vic Fangio's presser yesterday, and he you know mentioned that he should probably still be out in the field when Jalen Phillips comes back. So he views him as uh, an edge rusher. I think he also views him as an inside linebacker. So we kind of alluded to maybe you know him taking Jerome Baker's spot a little bit and sit current. 
different situations. So we'll see the way it all plays out. But I think we can both agree that the Dolphins defense should match up well with this offense and should have success. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't go out there and, you know, make life a hell for Bryce Young in that offense. But stranger things have happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the Dolphins averaged 36.2 points per game, you know, going back to the Dolphins offense. Tua averaging 322.8 yards per game. That's first in the NFL. He's also first in yards per attempt, first in yards per completion. He's up there in in quarterback rating as well. Uh, Realistically, what do you think a a solid stat line for, for Tua in this game could be you know do you predict over 300 yards passing for Tua against the Panthers I get yeah I mean I really didn't put too much thought into it but I think he'll throw for 300 yards but I also think they might come out and try to run that football a little bit more right get some of those guys involved so I'll say yeah yep. I'll say 300 yards passing and three touchdowns that, that sounds not- good to me yeah I'm, I'm not playing against him in fantasy this week so <laughs> even if I was we'd be rooting for two of there uh, but you did mention the Panthers are vulnerable on the ground as well the Panthers give up 5.2 yards per carry um, that is uh, hashtag bad uh, that's 29th in the NFL Raheem Mostert averages 5.4 yards per carry uh, that's hashtag good and he has seven touchdowns so far on the year which would have him in first place uh, for running backs as far as rushing touchdowns go. So uh, you're right. The Dolphins could choose to attack this Panthers defense on the ground, and that would be a sound strategy. But I just, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel can't resist throwing the football a bunch of times either. You know, 30 passes for Tua. He, he I think he secretly wants some record-setting performances from his guys this year. So he can, you know, obviously the goal is to to win the division, then to win the conference, and then to hopefully win a Super Bowl. But if you can look back and be like, yeah, I was the architect of the number one passing yardage total in, in for a single season in NFL history. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I was the one who helped Tyreek Hill get over 2,000 yards receiving. Oh, and by the way, I was the one who who engineered one of the most potent rushing attacks in NFL history – which means uh, that offense was damn good. So you, you have to think maybe in the back of his mind, he, he is thinking about these things here. So he wants to get Tyreek those yards as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins just dropped back 40 times and Tua had 32, 33 completions, 350 yards, three touchdowns or more. But to your point, I could see Raheem Mostert running for 160 yards and Jeff Wilson tacking on another 75 yards and maybe Savon Ahmed and Chris Brooks getting a few touches as well. So it, it could be a, a, a buffet for the Dolphins offense this Sunday. And I want to see everybody eat, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that sounds like a terrible problem to have, right? Your offense can go out there and put up, you know, 70 points any way they want, whether it's on the ground or in the air. So speaking of, uh, hold on. Did you see, did you see the tweet? uh the video this morning of the broncos fan who had his front yard set up (laughs) the halloween yeah that was so sick (laughs) it's like a watch party right yeah Yeah, they're they're watching the dolphins broncos game one was throwing up right yeah they had one one skeleton (laughs) vomiting the other one's like clutching his eyes they got the tv with the game on they got the score 70 to 20 they i think they had tombstones with like sean payton's name and everything on it that's that's creative that that's good fun that's good fun Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of this is going to come down, you know, whether how Mike McDaniel plans to attack this defense is with that defensive line, like we mentioned, Brian Burns is out, Derek Brown, those guys, you know, that opens up a whole new world of problems for the Carolina Panthers defense. So um, 
I still, I'm looking at it though, and to see the the guys that got up there, you know, Uta Gross, Matos, Derek Brown, Justin Houston. I hope I said that right. That was one of my favorite players. And <laughs> Derek, uh, Brian Burns. With Connor, if Connor Williams is out, man, I mean, again, I, I got to feel a little bit uneasy about those matchups if those guys are healthy. So one, one guy's going to be okay. Tell, tell me it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. Here's a reason why. I, I think we all got a little nervous when we saw Robert Hunt pop on the injury report yesterday with a knee injury he suffered in practice. That was actually uh, Mike McDaniel's, the first words out of Mike McDaniel's mouth uh, at today's media availability that Robert Hunt's fine. He's not in danger of missing the game on Sunday. So while we may have a Liam Eikenberg at center, it looks like we will also have a Robert Hunt at right guard, which is good news for the Dolphins. And I believe, and, and I can't remember who I saw post this, and maybe it was even you, but uh, the Dolphins are having the most success on the ground running to the right side. Uh, so running behind Robert Hunt, running behind Austin Jackson. So more flowers thrown at, at the big man there. We've done that a lot this week. And he certainly earned them. But yeah, that, that, that right side seems to be where the Dolphins like to uh, get those yards on the ground. So it's good news that Robert Hunt will be just fine for this game. Yeah, it looks like we got a familiar face at linebacker, Camus Grigier-Hill. Remember when he played for the Dolphins right, there for a yes. little bit? Um, so you got him, you got Frankie Luvu, which I'm not even going to pretend to know who that is. And then, I mean, the secondary has some names, right? Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, uh, CJ Henderson, guys who, you know, just haven't really brought it all together throughout their NFL career. So, I mean, I'm looking at this, and Tua Tumvalo, he's going to have the time, you know, he'll have time to get that ball out with how quickly he, you know, gets those balls to his playmakers. You got Tyreek Hill, probably the best receiver in football right now. I mean, he was before Justin Jefferson went on IR, to be honest, but Tyreek Hill's the best receiver in football. Then you got Braxton Barrios. Jalen Waddle wants to have that big game. Please tell me how they're not going to feast on this secondary because it just seems like, again, I mean, I hate to be overconfident because this is going to be that pod where people are just clipping the, the hell out of us if things go south. But I just don't see how the Dolphins, you know, even struggle with anything they do against the Carolina Panthers offensively or defensively. No, the Miami Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL. And if you're a Bills fan, you can shut it. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you can really shut it because last I checked, y'all scored 19 points against the Denver Broncos which is cute and all, but uh, the Miami Dolphins scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos. So both games were, were at home. Chiefs, you were at home. What happened? Where were you? What's going on with that Chiefs offense? It's, it's missing in action. Thankfully for the Chiefs, their defense looks legit this year. So they're still a contender in the AFC. But uh, yeah, I mean, what if you, if you had to pick an offense that was close to the Dolphins, you'd probably look at the Bills. Um, you could look at the Lions a little bit here, but Tua lights out. Uh, the 49ers offense is good as well. Let's not forget them on the NFC side of things. Uh, but Tua lights out having an MVP type season. Tyreek Hill going to going for that 2000 yard mark. He's well within reach. Raheem Mostert killing it. A Chan was killing it when he was healthy. He'll be back this season. Uh, Waddle back on track had had 10 targets last week and a touchdown should have had two if it wasn't for that uh, non call on that defensive pass interference in the end zone there. Uh, it's just the the Dolphins, as long as they stay healthy, and I'll knock on all the wood in my entertainment room here, but, uh, you know, if the Dolphins offense stays healthy and these key pieces stay healthy, you know, namely Tua, Tyreek, you know, guys like that, 
it's really going to be hard to slow this team down. And even when you slow the Dolphins offense down, it's still one of the best offenses in the NFL because they are so that much better than any other offense out there. So if you take them from there, you know, hundred percent and then, you know, slow them down to like a 75%, that's still somebody else's teams, like 110%. Maybe that's Scott Steiner math here, but, uh, but the Dolphins are just too damn good. And, and that, very few teams will be able to slow them down. No teams will be able to stop them. And the Carolina Panthers ain't even going to be able to contain them. So I'm done yeah, with that. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna tame those cats. Dolphins are running the ball 41.4% of the time and then passing the ball 58.6%. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but at the beginning of the year, I photoshopped. Um, it was a picture of Dan Marino and the Marx Brothers. I photoshopped Tua on one of them, Waddle Hill. And dude, I mean, it's pretty comparable, right? The way these guys are playing, putting up those numbers, it really does remind you of our early times being Dolphin fans and all those teams we loved in the early 90s. Um, I want to ask you this. We're talking about the receivers. I jokingly said Robbie Chosen could have a um, revenge game, which I only thought about this morning. But Chase Claypool, he's been the talk of the town. We hear the vending machine stuff. You know they're going to want to get him out there and get some reps in. Do you see him, you know, maybe having a couple plays of packages for him? Because we know what type of playmaker he can be in some of those, you know, end arounds and things like that that we used to see Eric Ezukoma do. So what are your thoughts heading into this week for Chase Claypool and some of those other guys that aren't, you know, Braxton Barrios, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I think you will see some of those guys get into this game late when when the score is a little bit out of hand. And I do think this could be a game where Chase Claypool comes in, gets a handful of snaps, you know, see what he can do, get it, like you said, end arounds, jet sweeps, things like that, just to, just to get him comfortable within the Miami Dolphins offense, get him comfortable with the language and the huddle and, and the motions and all of that Dolphins love to do. Um, you're going to want him at full strength and full speed, you know, with, with this offense later in the season, when you get to some of these tougher games. So, you know, you might as well put them out there now, you know, sink or swim now, see where, see where you're at. So I'd love to see Claypool in this game. I'd love to see chosen, you know, catch another long bomb. I'd love to see Chris Brooks, get some carries in that backfield. You know, he's a guy I continue to be intrigued with, uh, you know, shame on these, these national media members for saying the Dolphins did not have depth prior to this season, because that's all we've seen so far is how much depth the Miami Dolphins do have. Uh, and it's been quite impressive to say the least. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Chris Brooks because I was going to mention him in some of those short yardage situations. We even saw him a little bit in that Alec Ingold role. He was opening up some holes and, you know, blocking downfield. So, um, you know, even at Salvin Ahmed, I think he's coming back this week, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see the way this running back room, you know, situates itself. But um, it sucks that we lost Devon A. Chain. But like you mentioned, man, the depth is that insane. And um, again, they should have their way with the Carolina Panthers. Things before we wrap up here, uh, Cameron Wolf of NFL Network, former Miami Dolphins beat writer, just said on Twitter, or X, I guess, Panthers running back Miles Sanders, safeties Von Bell, and Xavier Woods and guard Chandler Zavala have been ruled out Sunday versus Dolphins. He also noted Panthers stars Derek Brown and Brian Burns are questionable. Both returned to practice today, but head coach Frank Wright said we'll see on playing Sunday. Um, I think we also saw Mike McDaniel said that if Jeff Wilson goes, he will be limited to what, 25 uh, reps or something like that? 25 snaps, yeah. 25 25 snaps. snaps. So um, give me your thoughts on this because, you know, we were talking about throughout the pod, and I mean, they still don't – Derek Brown and Brian Burns are still questionable, but losing starting running back Miles Sanders, you know, your guard Chandler Zavala, even if he was uh, rated dead last in the league, I mean, those are some pretty significant um, injuries. And then Von Bell and Xavier Woods and at their safeties, I mean – 
this could be the game or two again, like we mentioned th- throughout the entire pod, just picks them apart. The Dolphins run game does their thing. What are your thoughts here in this? Yeah, the joys of recording podcasts earlier in the day when when media availability is going on, you, you get updates and, and you roll with them. So we're trying to give our list, listeners the most up-to-date information possible. But yeah, Miles Sanders ruled out. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard gets the, the bulk of the carries there with their safeties out. And I think those guys have been out for a few weeks in a row now. Um, and we saw what the Lions did to them last week. I think the Dolphins can do the same. I think those, the Derek Brown and the Brian Burns injuries are, are, if I was a Panthers fan, that's what I would be concerned about the most. Honestly, if I was a Panthers Panthers fan, though, I would already gave up on the season. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. I don't care. Let's get the number one overall pick. And actually, no, they don't even have that. They traded it to the Bears. So what a lost season for y'all. I feel bad for you guys. Uh, We've been there, though. It turns around. Or it doesn't. Who knows? 20 20 years (laughs) later. 20 years later, it finally turns around, right? In in 2043, it's your guys' year. Trust me. But uh, if Derek Brown doesn't play, you feel a lot better about that Liam Eichenberg possible start at center, uh, which I don't know. I just have this gut feeling. I really do think it's going to happen. I do think Connor Williams sits out based on the matchup alone. Um, And if Brian Burns is not playing, then, then who on that defense scares you? There's not really a guy uh, that does. So again, we just go back to that common theme from this podcast as a whole, uh, the Dolphins should dominate Sunday. Um, and hopefully they can clean up some of the errors that didn't allow them to stomp the Giants as badly as they probably should have. You know, and I'm saying that even though they won by what, 15 points. Uh, but even with them putting up 31, they could have easily put up 40 or 45 points against the Giants. And that's kind of what i'm predicting this week i'm on record with you guys on wednesday predicting a 40 to 6 victory for the miami dolphins and nothing that uh, i've read so far you know in regards to injuries makes me feel different about that liam eichenberg injury is probably the only one that i'd be like ah no that's that that's terrifying but if Derek brown's not playing and even if he is like i think we're all right i think we're all right yeah and i mean if you're 0 and 5 do you really you know if if there's any question there whether or not they should play or not, I mean, you want to hold them back, right? I mean, that's Brian Burns. That's uh, Derek Brown. And you're, like you mentioned, man, your season's pretty much cooked. So um, one other thing from Barry Jackson regarding Connor Williams, he didn't tear a groin or do something more significant to worsen his groin, McDaniel said. So that's a relief. It's maintenance of something as opposed to the injury getting worse. We want to do its best to not have it linger all season. So um, I think you're right, man. I think we're going to see Connor Williams out there. And if Derek Brown goes, that could be, you know, that could change everything. But I still think this golf... Can you hear her pretty significant? Oh, yeah. She's yeah. going crazy. <laughs> she's playing with is the new kit. Is she a Panthers fan? Because she sounds yeah. miserable. Well, she is playing with a kitten right now. She's over here, like, <laughs> cooing and petting a kitten. So, um, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, though, this would be the game to throw Liam Eikenberg out there, right? And to let Connor Williams rest. Because, like we said throughout the entire pod, I mean, you're predicting a 40 to 6. Was that it? Or what'd you say? Yeah, yeah, 40, 40 to 6. six. I'll give him two field goals. All right, yeah. So then I got to come up with something too, right? I got to come up with a, a prediction. Um, Damn, dude. Let's go. Th- they're not, they got to score more than 38 points. I was going to say 38. I feel like the Dolphins are going to score more than 38 points. 50. Ooh, ooh, a 50 burger. <laughs> I better, I better, I better not. Can you just score 50 points like flat? We'll just, I'll go 50 to six. <laughs> there, we both said six. There we go. We both 50 said to six. nine. I'll say nine. I, I don't even and, know what I'm doing here. And I'm, can I'm, you? Can you guys believe this? Jake actually predicted the Dolphins to lose. And he's not on the podcast, so he can't actually say if that's true or false. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, hit him up, jmendel94 on Twitter. Let him know that he, he let y'all down. Oh, Captain, our okay, Captain. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. All right, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. 
I don't know if you saw this, Merrick, but one cool thing about this week is it's fan week down there in Miami, and it's also Zach Thomas Hall of Fame ring ceremony at halftime. So you can hear the my daughter. She is super stoked. She's saying, Dad, you've been on here doing this podcast with Uncle Merrick for way too long. But, I mean, dude, we've been waiting for Zach Thomas to get that ring forever. And, uh, you know, to know that it's fan week, to know that that stadium is going to be rocking, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, again, we waited for that day for what seems like forever as well. Yeah, you got to love it. Big Zach Thomas fan over here. I'm an old school Dolphins fan, 37 years old. When I was oh, just about 10 years old, the Dolphins drafted Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor in the same draft. And even though I lived in Kansas at the time, I remember hearing on some sort of sports radio show when I was you know, a passenger in my mom's minivan, they were talking about how well the Dolphins did. I think it was like halfway through the season, how well they did to find an acorn like Zach Thomas. Um, so he's always been one of my favorite players. Uh, my, my youngest son, his middle name is Zachary uh for zach thomas so uh really happy to see him go in the hall of fame and also happy to see him get honored this weekend down in miami uh you know get get that uh, get that recognition for being you know one of the best linebackers in nfl history but but certainly the best linebacker in dolphins history and that's saying something this this team's had some good linebackers throughout the years but but absolutely the best dolphins linebacker at least in my lifetime uh happy for zach thomas there yeah, I would have been fine if you say it was the best linebacker ever. I'm, I'm cool with that, too. <laughs> we wear those Homer shades. Um, but you mentioned it, man. It's just awesome that he's finally getting this opportunity to, you know, be beloved and get his flowers for everything that he did. You called him an acorn. Does this make him the original acorn? Was Zach Thomas the original Dolphins acorn? I mean, I can't think back to, I mean, my memory's shot, but, I mean, you would have to go, I, I don't know. Who, who else? Yeah. Who else we got? Yeah, that, that's In our tough. lifetime, yeah. he was probably our first acorn. So, yeah, well, man, Zach Thomas. Uh, Go. Didn't Jason Taylor play at Alcorn State? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that, yeah. So he's he Zach Thomas, the original Acorn, Jason Taylor, the original Alcorn. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's awesome, man. So before we wrap this up, you gave your prediction. I gave mine. We pretty much dissect the offense, the defense. We went over the injury report, you know, throughout the entire pod. We've been updating you on that. But give me a fantasy player, under the radar fantasy player, that Dolphin fans or I guess, should we say, pan no, just Dolphin fans, that Dolphin fans or <laughs> yeah. or, or fans who fantasy, play fantasy football uh, that have these Dolphin players, who do you think is a start this week and that'll put up some fantasy points, but he has to be a sleeper. That's the only, that's the only. Uh, okay, has to be a sleeper. You know, fantasy football is fun and watching Miami Dol Dolphins football is fun, but how many times in the past have we been able to have actual Dolphins players on our teams and then have our teams win because of those players? You know, until Tyreek got here, it was slim pickings for a number of years, uh, but now there's there's multiple options that you can go with. A sleeper, and based on what you said earlier about Mike McDaniel saying that he's going to cap Jeff Wilson's carries, or not even carries, excuse me, just reps, just plays at 25 plays, and I do think this is going to be a game where the Dolphins run a lot of plays on offense. A sleeper, Savon Ahmed. I think he could get some run. I think Raheem Mostert obviously going to get – the bulk of the carries, but if Savon Ahmed can can mix in there as well, I think you might see a good number of carries for Ahmed, maybe a touchdown, maybe a couple of receptions. And if you're looking for that flex option and you don't have a lot on your team right now, don't have a lot of options, Ahmed could be a last-minute pickup and a, and a streaming option for you in your flex spot this week. 
Yeah, I feel like if you're doing daily fantasy, right, that'd be a guy to go after because he's probably super cheap. I was even thinking, you know, couldn't you see a game sometime this year where Chris Brooks has like three rushing touchdowns from like the one yard line because he's just that big bruiser. Yeah, so I was going to mention Chris Brooks. I was even thinking about Braxton Berrios. I mean, but I don't think that that's far enough of a sleeper. So I'm going to go crazy here. Please don't follow this. Please don't piggyback this. But let's go with Robbie Chosen. I'm going to get this revenge game. I'm going to put, uh, you know, sit here and die on that hill. Robbie Chosen, I think he'll have, I don't even believe this. I was going to say, I think he'll have over 100 yards and a touchdown. There's no way Robbie Chosen does that. But I think he could put up some numbers again against his former team. And, you know, Mike McDaniel might look at that and say, you know, we want to get you out there and give you a chance to, you know, stick it to your old team. So I like your Salvin Ahmed much better than that. Again, I think Chris Brooks, Braxton Berrios, but... I'll go Robbie Chosen. I'm just naming I, I the entire love, team now, right? <laughs> I, I just love how much you love dudes with visors. Like that's your, you're like the meme where like it's girls, my thing. I, I like, don't know what it is, man. Like the girls post the meme, like if you got a dad bod and a beard, like hit me up. You're like, yo, if you got a visor, like <laughs> hit me up. I'll put you on my fantasy team. The that's dreads do it like. too. I think I think it's all of Ricky Williams' fault, honestly. I think just seeing him yeah. and that mirror visor and those dreads and just watching him bully dudes. I mean, I think from there on, like I, every time I played Madden, my quarterback would have a visor, all my yeah. That, those dark I, feel like, I feel like Ricky Williams influenced your lifestyle in more ways. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. I hope to someday that, you know, we can hang out with Ricky because that would be absolutely amazing. Oh, that would be, that'd be a fun night that neither of us would remember. No, no. And our <laughs> eyes would be completely closed, but I think that's it, Merrick. Thank you so much for joining us on another Dolphins podcast, guys. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. We are now on 560 WQAM's YouTube channel. So please go check that out. If you want to see uh, Merrick's handsome face, you know, sometimes he wears those, uh, you know, tank tops i guess they're called things that i'll never wear and shows off those those muscles and awesome tattoos <laughs> jake's not with us today hopefully he gets better follow him on twitter at j-m-e-n-d-e-l-94 at merrick brave 13 i'm not gonna spell that out again like i did earlier but guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of another dolphins podcast we'll be back early next week with our recap of the dolphins victory over the carolina panthers but until then enjoy your weekend and most importantly fins up fins up baby fins up